That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Grey Wolf. Only 20. Thank you for those of you that have been bearing with us in the chat. I don't know. Would you call them serious technical issues? I think I would because we're not actually really broadcasting video at this point either. Oh, okay. So people can hear us, though. Yes. They can't see us. Maybe. So they can't see the face I'm making. <laughs> Possibly. Okay. Uh, well, whether you can hear us, whether you can see us. <laughs> we might We're be audio least... only tonight. Anyway, uh, the podcast people can't. won't care. Can't see me. Um, just, just roll with it. It's okay. It's okay. We're this, professionals. This is fine. No, this is fine. Everything's going to be okay. I like to say, 25 minutes after the hour, we are here. Uh, we do normally broadcast at 9. Uh, as always, I am your host, The Commodore, and only slightly under the weather this evening. And uh, I, I have with me, uh, you know, on the other side of this uh, internet pipe, uh, Rue. <laughs> and and Rue is, was doing great until he booted up his computer tonight. Yep, then it all went downhill from there. Then it all went, and, and then uh, apparently we changed servers. I and, blame your Windows and, 10. <clears throat> yeah, it was probably Windows 10 on my machine, but uh, I haven't had Windows 10 on my machine for over, you know, a month and a half now. I think I want to keep it like this. Anyway, just keep going. We're good. All right, we're just going to keep on going here. All right, so... Um, Welcome. It's so been a while. What are we going to talk about tonight? Yeah. Well, welcome to our 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 podcast that is going to be totally devoid of video. Um, <laughs> oh no, I'm back now. Okay, people can see me. Great, excellent. Okay, fantastic. So, jeez, uh, this has been great. We we wiped out all our technical issues, and it only took us half an hour, more or less. Um, so, uh, so we are going to talk tonight. This is episode 69 of the Echo Screen Live. First of all, that's pretty cool. Get that it? We made it 69 episodes. Yeah. Secondly, we thought for episode 69, uh, we would do something a little bit more adult-oriented, if you know what I mean. Purely by accident. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? Nope. No, I don't either. Um, but, it, so we're, we're, we're going to do that. But at first, I think we should, we should, we should do a, a disclaimer. Usually in the, on the program, we do the news and notes portion of the program. We should fly through that because we've wasted half an hour of these good people's time. I know. They got papers uh, to write. It's ridiculous. They got papers to write. They're already pressuring us for even wasting their time now. This is like this. This has become a hostile environment. We're continuing to waste it. We're continuing to waste it. So uh, I thought it would be interesting. We haven't we haven't even done a show like since a the month of September. Month and a half. So it's been a long time. It's, it's very a very long hiatus for us. It was not exactly planned. So just keep that in mind. Uh, don't worry. Uh, we haven't gone anywhere. We're, we're back. Everything's cool. We're going to get back in the right, the right cadence here, and, and uh, everything will be back as it was. Uh, you said some significant events happen in the meantime, like uh, we've been standing around conjecturing why Luke Skywalker's not in the poster. For we couldn't do a show until we figured it out. Uh, we still haven't figured it all out yet, but... You know, we figured it was probably a good time to come back to the show. I'm saying completely away from all Star Wars pr- conjecture. I don't want to know anything. I want to go in cold. Me too. I'm cold. doing the same thing. Although cold. I didn't order my ticket Chicken. Uh, online ahead of time, so I'll probably have to wait three months before I can get into the theater. But I will see it cold, as you say. Yep. Um, no, that's not the significant event. I actually got married. Oh, my the- God, you did? It's true. I did. Holy crap. I didn't know about uh, this. So, so that was what happened. I also went on a on a honeymoon on one of the weeks we were supposed to be doing a show. I was not going to be doing that. Yep. Uh, and I, I, away. My fault for not actually thinking about that beforehand. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this show a few days after. You're not going to be doing anything, right? Yeah, no. I'm, I'm totally – I got nothing on the calendar whatsoever. So um, 
so anyway, we, we, uh, we, we had a lot of things happening. So we just wanted to let all of you know that we're back now and we're ready to rock and roll. So let's talk about some of the other news and notes that are actually port- pertinent to the program. Mm-hmm. Rue, why don't you do one, I'll do one, and we'll freaking go from there. Does that sound good? Yeah, let's try that. <clears throat> so yeah, um, You can just do like a string of things, and I'll just do a string of things, and we'll go on to the next thing. So an interesting thing. So I was just in Portland, Oregon uh, last weekend, this weekend. When was it? A week and a half ago. Um, and I uh, have did a, a presentation with our good friend Norm Caruso, the gaming historian. And we talked yes. about video game preservation and such and and things like that and and one of the topics one of the questions that's usually asked is something like what what about modern games that require servers to play for example what's to be done about that without you know basically breaking the law uh you know uh you know hacking into proprietary software in order to make it run without a server etc etc well uh funny that is always asked because just yesterday the united states library of congress has granted permission to disable uh this is a modification of the digital millennium copyright act that allows people to disable authentic authentication requirements to for servers for games that require servers in the situation where the server shutdown completely breaks the experience that's important especially for lots of games nowadays uh now now this doesn't necessarily mean that just because your multiplayer is going away that you can hack into it and make it play local or I don't know, whatever. Uh, right. This is more like if the actual game experience... For archival purposes. Yeah, yeah. This is for archival yeah. purposes and if the actual game experience is broken because the server goes away. Um, right. I'm sure there are tons of games like that I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Maybe Minecraft actually yeah. would be a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. Things like that. Uh, I think that's although a cool you make your own concept. servers, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. no, it, yeah. this is very important, and it's good that uh, the Library of Con- Library of Congress is getting pretty uh, gotten pretty good lately about uh, getting on the video game preservation bandwagon. You know, they're uh, yes. doing a lot, and and now using the law to help uh, others preserve video game history. So that's pretty awesome. I did not expect that news to be coming across my, my Google news feed. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it came right on the heels of the, uh, the announcement uh, that also the government had decided the United States government that is had decided that you could actually put the, custom firmware the, on your television. The only government, come on, let's be, let's be right, exactly. Um, uh, the only one that has a digital millennium copyright act. Yeah. You can, you can um, jailbreak your TV. You can jailbreak your TV or, you know, anything that you connect to your TV that happens to run TV streams and stuff. So interesting. I uh, mm. th- Those are pretty – those are two, uh, mm, two decisions that although don't mean a whole lot to me right now, I was very surprised to see that, that, that they were making those decisions. Yes. Uh, Carrara um, asked an interesting question uh, in the chat. Yeah. Does that mean that contemporary authentication methods may be open to being broken? Um, well – I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, but but it, but you know, it, I think that's less the issue. I mean, yeah. Are, in other words, are you going to go to EA and say, "Hey, what's uh, your your servers are down? So give us the key to this, and so no. we'll play it." Like they'll be like, "Hell no, we're right. never going to get that." This just means that if you hack it yourself and fix it, you aren't going to jail in theory, right? You know, right? Whatever. That's that. that's all. You still got to do the the legwork yourself, I believe. Yeah, uh, usually no. I, they're not going to make EA give up the code or or fix it themselves. So, anyway, interesting. No, um, but but as you know, if any of you have ever had a game that you 
didn't pay for. I'm not sure how you would do that. But if you did that, uh, that? you probably, yeah, I mean, you can probably see that people do a lot of interesting things to circumvent. It's not necessarily that they, you know, they, uh, they, they, you know, unencrypted everything there. They, they, they simply uh, kind of find workarounds because there's always workarounds, folks. It just takes time, right? Just, it just takes time. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. I, I, I did like that one. I uh, was, was going to talk about a couple things. But, well, you know, we, I brought one up that's, that's kind of more interesting to me than, than most of the other things we're talking about, which is trying to avoid the spoilers right now for Star Wars, <laughs> uh, trying to avoid the spoilers for Game of Thrones, trying to avoid... Ah, been uh, good about that so far. Oh, my God. But I, I, mean, I, I keep I seeing am, stuff on Reddit like, oh, ah, new spoiler for Game of Thrones, new new spoilers. I'm like, ah, no, stop. Yeah. Unsub, like, why? unsub. Yeah, why are you doing this? I'm trying to watch the show, you jerks. Um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen anything and, and, spoiled in a in a in a an errant uh, news article or headline or anything like that yet. Luckily, but um, it's rough. Yeah. It's got to be careful out there, folks. Yeah, so that that one that one has been increasingly hard with with Star Wars coming out soon. Obviously, most of you probably heard the Star Wars kind of broke the internet because it was the capabilities to uh, order tickets ahead of time became available last week, and people started ordering tickets so quickly that uh, they crashed servers of several large ticket sites such as Fandango, hmm. uh, which didn't anticipate the load. So I think that's interesting. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about. Fandango. I just see the little bags with the... That's how it goes, right? Um, anyway, I don't think so. But yeah. the... Um, so, uh, <clears throat> the other thing I was going to say really quickly is that PlayStation had uh, kind of the Askawada with their CEO while they were doing their, their PlayStation show over in Paris. And the one thing I thought that was that came out during that time was kind of the, the, the very emboldened attitude that mm. they are absolutely... Not going to do backwards compatibility on the PlayStation 4. They've been embiggened. They've been embiggened. the spirit. Of the, smallest, um, of the smallest video game company. Well, they don't the need smallest, to. They're running away they with this to. generation for reasons unknown, but they still are. Right. And, and you yes. know what? Microsoft, darn them, they are really trying to gain some upper hand this holiday season. They're already coming out the, the gate with some great bundle deals, etc. Yeah. Um, I got some great. They've got some great games coming in at, at Christmas time. Yeah, I, I should just, be interesting to see. I just picked up a PS3 the other weekend, nice. so nice. I can catch up on some of that stuff. I, it's funny because I'm like, ah, PS4, Xbox One. I don't know. Nothing's really grabbing me about either one of those. And then it's like, hey, cheap PS3. Yeah, okay, I'll get that. I can catch up on a lot of yeah. games. So. And I think Xbox's thought really from the beginning is, hey, we dominated with the Xbox 360. What if? All those people are just waiting to buy an Xbox because we don't have backwards compatibility to it. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting because that shows you the marketplace has changed. Sony invented backwards compatibility. Not invented it. They didn't invent it. My point is they really brought it to the console, <laughs> the, you know, uh, uh, contemporary consoles with the, the move from PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 2 that we talked about last time. And... Um, you know, the fact that they've really abandoned that now should tell you about how much the, the, the marketplace has changed in the last 20 years since the original PlayStation. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, um, I got one more thing, news and notes. Yep. Perhaps you didn't notice with your cavorting and uh, mature rated games you've been playing lately. Yes. But. Yes. But. 
Oh, wow. It's daily savings time is this Sunday. That's awesome. Uh, but beyond that, that wasn't what I was going to say. But perhaps you noticed no. one week ago, while we were not having an episode. Yes. It was October 21st, 2015. That's true. And everyone's social media feeds were overtaken because that was Back to the Future Day. That is the day in Back to the Future 2 where Marty and Doc travel to the future. And just just easy news articles everywhere about... <laughs> you know what things were gotten right what things were gotten wrong if you want to hear us go and wax nostalgic about that back to the future movies and also the interesting things about you know what they got right and wrong i think it was the first podcast of the year 2015 uh that you yes. mean we're in the future uh yes. I, I off the top of my head i can't remember what number episode that was but that was that was the title of the episode go check us out there we covered this like months ago folks we were on this train before it left the station so <laughs> just saying but yes oh, um, so it kind of makes me sad that we have nothing to look forward to I have nothing to live for now that we've passed uh, the Back to the Future 2 date so oh well nice yeah so uh, that was that was all over everywhere like you said like everyone had a Back to the Future story um, it's cool that it's still that prominent in culture but my favorite part of this whole thing is that after the Cubs lost which was sad because I was, I was really rooting yeah, for the Cubs yeah me too um, I was really really uh, rooting for them after they lost uh, the gentleman I forget his name that played Biff tweeted it's just a movie folks <laughs> like just like like Biff would actually do right Biff would say that so I thought that was pretty funny yeah uh, he he's he's um oh, what, what is his name it's like Wilson some Thomas Wilson something like that um, yeah he does like stand-up comedy and stuff like he's yeah. he's obviously a little jaded about how much back to the future has ruled his life by this point yeah. but he's still got something of a sense of humor about it so yeah which is good yeah um folks that is the conclusion of the first portion of the program we do it in three portions just so you know and if you've never watched before and if you've never watched before how in the hell did you stay with us for 30 minutes while we were trying to figure out how to push the stream button but, uh, um, but anyway, we have uh, we have two other portions of the program. We will actually move to the topic du jour right now, which is uh, the aforementioned rated M4 Mature. We're going to talk about Mature Games on episode number 69 <laughs> of uh, the Echo Screen Live. And then we're going to move into so portion clever. three of the program, which is the question and answer portion, where you, <clears throat> great listeners and watchers, depending on what the frame rate looks like, uh, you can actually submit questions that we will answer live on the air. How do you do that? All you have to do is, if you're in the chat following along with us on our wonderful IRC channel, all you have to do is click on my name, Commodore128, send me a private message, let me know there. Or you can tweet at me, at It's the Commodore, and I'll take the best questions that are asked during the program. They can be about anything in particular, don't have to be about the topic du jour or anything else for that matter. Well, I guess they have to be about something, but... Or else I'm not it gonna pick it. Doesn't have make to it, be, make it about actually. something interesting. Make it yeah. about. Uh, uh, yeah, we've asked some. We've answered some pretty off the wall. Hey, questions the Republican before. debate's going on right now. Why, why is anyone watching us? You got the Republican debate and you got the World Series. World Series. Did you see any of that game uh, last night? By the way, the first I saw, first pitch I, I, inside the park home run. That's kind of nuts. I didn't see any of the parts that uh, you know, basically where everything went dead for a while and. People, the fox truck was trying to figure out. Did you see that? Where the somebody tweeted out like a picture of uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca working on the in the <laughs> fox truck. I thought that was pretty hilarious. No. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, I, I didn't. I, I I saw like a little bit of the game, but that was it. I I, I couldn't keep my eyes open. And I had to go to sleep because it was like a five hour game. Boo. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. It was pretty long. That's what she said. Anyway, episode 69. Let's go. All right. So (laughs) um, we talked about this for a while. You know, the idea of having a mature themed uh, podcast for episode 69. Why don't we talk about um, what we mean? About you know, in terms of both mature games and the rated M concept, we we did a show on the ESRB, but yeah. why don't you give people a little bit of backstory here about what we're talking about? So okay, so the interesting thing about so when we say rated M games, this all comes to the ESRP, the N- ESRB, the Entertainment Software Ratings Board, or something like that. Uh, look at me with ready with my no- news and notes here. Um, <clears throat> fact check in your face. Uh, but anyway, that was developed, uh, well, roughly 20 years ago in in response to lots of controversy over various games, including Mortal Kombat, which had such gore and violence in its 16-bit form, yep. blood, and, and uh, games like Night Trap, which we played during the charity marathon last year for the Sega CD, yes. where girls were in their 90s, well, a girl was in her 90, at least, um. Yeah, that was pretty much it. We were, we were playing that game, trying to figure out where the controversy was. We're like, are, are there boobs? What's going on? Uh, anyway, these these types of things created like Senate panels, Senate Senate committees, trying to decide whether or not there should be censorship of these these games that are going to destroy our children. And in response to that, the ESRB uh, is a, a a trade organization created to basically self uh, self not censor but regulate. Yeah, so um, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, and so since then, I mean, what we have seen in video games is the idea of a mature video game for a long time is not all that mature. Uh, you yes. go, you go back to the wild west of video games, uh, like <clears throat> the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and you'll find like sex video games. Yep. The, the best that they could be, um, the in the best way they could be uh, portrayed in like two bit splendor um uh things like mo- perhaps most infamously things like custer's revenge where you are yeah. uh you know forcing yourself upon <laughs> indian women or beat them right. which the less said about that the better uh um, yeah let's not talk about that <laughs> but i but the thing is that after nintendo stepped in and and really like kind of started to really yeah, the Nintendo seal of quality and make sure that things did not come out on their system that they didn't approve of. And then you had right. lots of follow-ups with Sega, Microsoft, Sony, basically really constrained what was released on consoles uh, even before right. the ESRB came around. So for a yes. long time, for a long time, uh, you didn't see anything that was that was mature rated or, or, or really mature because it wasn't, you know... Video games were still seen as kids' toys and things like that. Then you get yes. into like the 2000s and you start to see a little bit more uh, uh, M-rated stuff. But uh, that is still like what kids think of as M-rated. Like, oh, like yes. pre- perhaps most most famous infamously is like BMX XXX, yeah. which yes. is like 2004 or something like that, which was a game. Oh, I remember that. It was basically just a, a BMX game where there were topless girls and that yeah. was, that was it. It was like uh, it it's was like, like dead or alive extreme beach volleyball. That also came out. I mean that had no nudity but it was just jiggling girls yeah. in bikinis. That was pretty much yep. the whole game. You know, playing volleyball. Yeah. And that's a mature game, you know, basically. Um and I actually so I started thinking about this I started thinking about this uh, a little bit more cuz I was playing recently Grand Theft Auto 5 
and yes. you can go into a, uh, a strip club and a girl will give you a lap dance and will actually like have her top off and will have like little pixelated nipples and stuff. I'm like, what? What? When did this start to become acceptable yeah. and commonplace without controversy? It's interesting. Not that I'm saying it's bad. It's just interesting to me because I remember just a decade earlier, the uh, hot coffee mod. This was a mod. It wasn't even a released part of the game. But if you could mod oh. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas where your character goes in with his girlfriend and simulates sex with their clothes on. So you mm-hmm. didn't actually even see anything. And that yep. caused such a storm of controversy. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the game's rating was changed from mature to adult only, which does not happen for the, there are, like basically are no adult only games released on consoles, mostly because, yeah. because, uh, Shop or, as soon as you designate something as an AO, it, it will never sell. It can't yeah, be sold. Yeah, most, most like, retail outlets don't sell. Retail outlets, that's what I'm saying, like Walmart refuses to re- re- uh, mm. sell adult-only games, things like that. It's basically like the NC-17 of mo- in movie ratings. Yes. You it's know? the kiss of death. Basically. So so that it's just why doesn't happen. everything became mature-rated games now. But now, and now you have things like, uh, and other games like Heavy Rain, uh, which has yeah. mild nudity in it, for example. But it's story-driven. You know, it's not yes. just it's not just uh, boobs on bicycles. It's it's right. It's it's something it progresses the story and also psychological horror, things like that. that are mature games, the Silent Hill series, uh, yep. you know, that have that have really come out and, and made the mature rating something that is more than just kids looking at boobs, basically. Right. Anyway, all that to say that that's an interesting way in my mind, the progression of what the mature rating means um, and it actually, <clears throat> as many things do, it mimics other forms of media, such as movies. Uh, early on in movies, there was lots of nudity, uh, mm-hmm. like the movies of Cecil B. DeMille, for example. You know, there's nudity all over the place because why not? Right. It's a new Wild yeah. West. It's it's the new form of media. Sure. It's the Wild West. Show whatever and, you want. Yeah. And then in America, at least, and I think in other countries, it was similar things. But there's like the Hayes Code, or which is the a nickname for. Um, Basically, a list of of decency standards that were enacted by the the government uh, to, uh, you know, well, it was it was industry moral guidelines, I should say, uh, industry, you know, set by the industry and things for twenty years from the thirties to the fifties. You could not on movies show, uh, for example, um, uh, scenes of childbirth. Ridicule of the that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. <laughs> ridicule of the clergy. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, drugs, or, or, or uh, okay, I could see okay. that. Yeah, right. Uh, white slavery. Black slavery is okay oh. apparently. Yeah, um, white slavery not cool. Licentious or suggestive nudity, in fact or in silhouette. Oh, couldn't even show the the old James Bond silhouettes from the opening. No, no, exactly. A pr- pointed profanity. No. Um, no, can't do it. Can't do it, you jerk. You know, stuff like that that really just put the clamp down. And similar thing for comic books as well. And then after a while, you had the ratings board come along or, or with, you know, their, and yeah, well, NC-17, R, uh, PG, things like that. And since then, you've seen in movies, I mean, you've had a lot, you had lots of like exploitation films and things like that that had their heyday. Um, yeah. 
but then also in like the 60s and 70s and such but and even like sex comedies like Porky's and stuff and you still have some of those types of movies around but they're not they don't have the appeal that they used to uh yes and uh you know it's very similar i think with video games uh, i think we're past yeah. that point of the raunchy sex comedy video game i mean essentially yeah for lack of a better term. well you, you have the you know you have what is what is most of the case in video games is you have kind of the whole story of film told really quickly you know it's it's basically the same concepts it just happens in in much greater much more quick succession than it did for films and by and large that's because video game industry kind of mirrors in many ways the the film industry including in ways like self-regulation for example which is very much part of what was done with the movies um I, I, what this does effectively, right, is it takes, as you said, the NC-17 or the the adults-only rating and makes it completely useless. Because an industry is not going to regulate itself by saying, this is adults-only, so you cannot sell that video game, right? Which is what it's become. It hasn't been, it hasn't become what it was supposed to become, which is basically a, a category for games where only someone that is 17 or older can purchase this game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Period. So, um, you know, I think what that ends up doing too, secondly, is that it makes the mature category or the R rating of video games so broad that it's almost impossible to categorize. And I, I realize these things change with cultural norms, right? But that was part of what you said. Mm-hmm. Cultural norms change, capabilities of hardware change. You know, there's there's going to it's it's difficult to kind of throw throw a dart at a board and and at any given time and know what the cultural standard is going to be. Those are going to change. But um, you know, I think. It, if I look at something like Grand Theft Auto V now, and I, I love it, I think it's a great game, it's not something I would ever want my children to play. No, exactly. And I think in that way, the ra- so that's another point I wanted to kind of step, or not step on, but, but bring up, which I, I think I think Techie uh, brought up. No, I'm sorry. It was Max Max Harry Johnson, of course, yeah. uh, who brought up in the, in the chat, which is like, is the ESRB actually effective at what it does? You know, if if you were a parent who weren't that didn't play video games very much, yeah, and you're like, oh, Grand Theft Auto Five, what is this? Do you think that the M rating on it would, where it says mature, you know, children seventeen plus or whatever it says exactly on the on the <clears throat> the thing, uh, would that actually dissuade you from from getting it for your child if he was like fourteen or she was fourteen? Right. I I, I don't know. I, I so, um yeah. I, it, it's it's a good it's a good thought it's a good thought I don't know I mean I I, I mean would you I per, think, would you stop your kid from watching an R-rated movie if she was fourteen? It depends on what the R-rated movie is, right? I mean, so this is why it's so funny, right? Because if if you think about what an R-rated movie was, like look at something like RoboCop, uh, yeah, which was R-rated but was right at the edge. I mean, that was the most gory. You know, everybody said, oh, my God, RoboCop, it's just unbelievable. You watch RoboCop and put that up against something like, you know, um, John Wick, for example. RoboCop looks like like nothing. 
You know what I mean? Like it's it's a piece of cake. Um, you know, CG, all this other kind of stuff, just adds so much capability that wasn't there before. So if I if I were going to show, you know, I mean, some of the the horror movies from the '80s are rated rated R. You know, I, I for what? Because they're scary. Um, so I I think there are different levels of it, right? That are that are okay. Yeah, this concept of like like when 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 you know when movies like you you mentioned Saving Private Ryan would come out, right? Yeah. Um, you know, movies that depict kind of culture or historically significant events or things like that where people think it's quote unquote an important movie. Is it okay to capture, you know, the, 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 the accuracy of the people that were there or just kind of demonstrate something that was a little bit more idealized? I don't know. Well, yeah, but I, I certainly wouldn't stop her from watching Save a Private Ryan. Right? And, and I think versus, yeah. yeah, versus RoboCop maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's what I'm, I, I think that's the thing that a lot of people, aren't they overemphasize the importance of ratings boards, whether they're the ESRB or um, God, what's the name of the my motion picture association of America uh, yeah. who that's what it was, who uh, gives ratings to movies, you know, if, and I, I believe, I believe, man, I think it depends on the movie theater that will like when I was a kid, when I was like 13, no, when I was like 12 or so, I got into a theater and saw Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is totally yeah. an R-rated movie. Um, yes. And they didn't stop me from getting tickets, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that's really up to... And I turned out okay, kind of. Um, yeah, kind but, of. But uh, I think it's, it's... These are guidelines. These are not like, oh, it's illegal for a kid under 17 to play Grand Theft Auto 5. It's illegal for a kid under 17 to play or to play to watch Saving Private Ryan. These are just guidelines yeah. for adults to look at and, and kind of control if they want the media that their children absorb. That doesn't right. necessarily mean anything. They're imperfect guidelines, but there's something. You know, it's not one size fits it's it's kind of one size fits all. It has to be. Um, and and now with with the internet I think to a certain extent, things have, have really gone off the rails mm. because now there's so many more things available now. You know, I mean, if, if you wanted to, if you, you know, all you need is a Netflix account, right, which you can get for free with an email address, basically, right? Yeah. Um, and you have access to a ton of movies, whether they're R-rated or whether they're, you know, G-rated. Um and it's just so much easier, you know. I having a young child, it's interesting for me to be thinking about these things now because I'll like pull something up on the, you know, on Netflix and go, man, I, you know, the the access that I would provide my daughter on this is very different than the access I would necessarily just want on every TV in the house that has access to Netflix, right? I never would have thought about that before. You think about it now. So I, I think you know, it's a tough, it's a tough line to walk. I'm not saying – I mean I personally would probably have liked Grand Theft Auto V a little bit better if it was a little bit more tame. I'm just saying that. Oh, sure. I think it's a great, I think it's a great game. But I, I find it personally limiting because it's, it's, just, it's almost a little bit too realistic in that there's just a little bit too much of the ugliness of the world in that, in that, in that game. It's, it's no longer almost the satire of the world that's aggrandized and kind of larger than life. It's it's more of like a window into the world, which is which I don't need. I could watch the news, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, so I personally would like Grand Theft Auto Five better 
if it were a little more tame. I, I'm probably not typical. Most people, you know, would probably say, "Hey, you know, whatever, it's all good, man." Um, but like anything, I almost wish that there were some kind of an option to be able to to turn that on. And I don't just mean as a parent; mm. I mean as somebody that plays the game, right? To turn uh, on, to turn on the like, yeah. If I could turn on that kind of content, right? Where you know, hey, look, my my kids in the room. I don't want like random f bombs going off. So like, I'm gonna turn that off. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, the thing is, is that that wouldn't change the ultimate rating system because they, they only of course go by nothing to the do worst with thing. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Absolutely. Nothing to do with that. This is a completely different subject. You're absolutely right. What I'm saying is that that as a parent, as you know, because that's what we're really talking about here is is once once the, the ESRB, which is there as a, a to a certain extent to help parents make educated decisions, read, read it from their website. Yeah. Right. Once you get to that parent making that decision, wouldn't it be nice to be able to. To as a parent, you know, be able to actually monitor that content. Right. And. You know, I, as somebody that, that grew up with video games, is very interested in making sure that the content that is consumed by my children eventually will be something that I that I'm you know happy and, and proud of and thankful for, versus going, oh my God, there's no way in hell I'm going to let them play this, right? Right. But the thing is, is that, but a lot of parents are not that, way, you know. And I think it's so going back a little bit to what we were saying before. I think it's a good thing just because, just because. Well, how to how to phrase this? I think the video game video games as a medium have matured enough, uh, so to speak, yeah. that yeah. a rated M game. I was asking before if a game's rated M, does that mean that you won't let your kid play it? Yeah, you know, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it depends on the game, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I think that video except games, except most people's answer is is probably no. Well, they sure. I mean, stop. because they don't. Maybe because they don't know enough. And by the way, before we go on, I mean the Peggy, which is the European ver version of of the ESRB. I mean, this this is all kind of interchangeable for purposes of this discussion. Uh, it, right. it, it's a it's another trade uh, trade regulated, you know. Well, regulation, content rating system. Um, but the point is, is that I think video games have matured to the point now where just because something has an M, it's not necessarily just a a murder simulator or a no. a, a boob on bicycle fest. You know, right. there might be some real good content that you yes. might want to expose your kid to. Like, for example, and not every parent will agree with this, but some would be like, you know what? I would like my 13-year-old to see Saving Private Ryan. We keep going back to that. That's just... Yeah. Or, or Schindler's List. Or, or there's any number right. of really good R-rated movies that are important for for artistic or artistic or historical or whatever reasons. Yeah. And they'll say, I, would, I think this is important enough for my child to be exposed to it. I think this is a, a good part of, uh, you know visual medium for them to be exposed to. And you might not feel that way about Grand Theft Auto, but maybe you do feel that yes. way about Bioshock or yes, or, or something like that or, or um, silent. The Hill. original. Yes, yeah. exactly. You know, something like that. And I think that video games are matured to the point now uh, more than they did 10 years ago. And especially more than they did 20 years ago, where that M is not a stigma where it doesn't necessarily mean it's garbage. Exactly for, for 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 what children think. It's not it's not something that's made to make children uh, or or teenagers what they think a mature game should be like something naughty to titillate them, so to speak. Yeah, if that makes sense. I said the same thing like three times, but you know what I mean. 
It does. So. Well, I, I do. My, my, my issue, I guess, with this is, is that I think parents are obviously going to be in charge. But I think, you know, maybe it's worth us looking back and saying, hey, you know, to your point, games have matured. Games aren't just for children anymore. The core demographic of games, as a matter of fact, is adult games. Adult games sell infinitely better than children's games. Um, the best-selling games of the last 10 years are all about games with you know, the, the largest adult audiences. You know damn well a ton of kids are playing those games, right? Not to be Jack Thompson, but it's true, right? <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I think, you know, do we look at it as a more as a different medium? The way that people look at film at, at film now, right? Where they say, "Hey, look, this is robust. It's it's been you know it's it's been around for a while. There are rules. There are things you can and things you can't do." And uh, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I think I think movies are are given a little bit more credit, just like always, than video games are in this in this setting. Okay, I agree. I agree. Uh, so. So, I have one more thing to ask, and that is, what is your favorite M-rated game? Okay. <laughs> you, you, want a, you want an interesting challenge? Okay. Think back of all the games that you played and try to guess the rating for them retrospectively. You know, I was actually having... doing that earlier because I was checking certain games. Like, was that an M or was that like a teen? Or yeah. um, when in doubt, go on the higher side of things. But actually, I don't know, not necessarily. Because same thing with, um, same thing with uh, uh, movies. I mean, would you? What, what do you think uh, The Dark Knight was rated, for example? The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say The Dark Knight was PG thirteen. Okay, but you're right. But the thing is, like, you could totally see it being an R. I could. More, more The Dark Knight Rises than The Dark Knight. But yeah, uh, Dark Knight Rises was actually also PG thirteen. Why? Because R are are not the kiss of death, but it's harder to market. Um, yes. And same thing with okay, so he, so here's a movie here, or a movie, but a game. Uh, what do you think Super Smash Brothers Melee or, or Brawl was was rated? Mm, T for Teen. It was rated. Well, now I got to look it up. It's it, it can't be M. It's got to be E or T, right? It was rated. Yes, it was rated T for Teen. Yeah, uh, okay. And why was it rated that as opposed to... For animated violence. Well, well, as opposed to, uh, let's see, Super Smash Brothers Wii U, for example. Super Smash Brothers Wii U. Which is rated... Mm, Wii U. Uh, I haven't e, played e, enough e, of it. E10+. Okay. It's rated E for everyone. Huh. Well, E for ten plus, but but that's lesser yeah. than a T, and the reason for that being is that Smash Brothers Brawl had Solid Snake in it, and he uses realistic guns. Oh my! And God, so because and because of that, Nintendo couldn't market it as well or as much as they wanted to. They couldn't spend. I think they're kind of limited on how much marketing dollars they can spend, where they can advertise, yeah. what kind of programs they can advertise on. You know, 
Uh, so, ah, so it's funny. It's funny the things that will poke a rating up uh, a level. But um, mm. anyway, um, so anyway, all wow. that all that to say. So I, I was trying to think of some mature games that I en- that I enjoy because of their mature themes. Uh, yeah. And I come up with games like Eternal Darkness on the GameCube, mm. uh, which yep. I, I really appreciate the psychological horror in that, uh, and also uh, Silent Hill 2, yeah. which is ridiculous uh, for getting in your head. Silent Hills, yeah. Silent Hills, unbelievable. Yep. Um, greatest M games. Like where you appreciate it because of its mature rated content. Yeah, that's... Man, that is like Bioshock is an M-rated game, but that's mostly just because it's like shooting with guns, not necessarily. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not because of the yeah the M-rated content itself. I don't know. I mean, I, I have to say Silent Hill as well. Silent Hill was fantastic. Um, man, it's it's tough because I I don't play a lot of games because they have. You know, more I guess, quote unquote, adult themes. I, I guess I play games that I think will be fun, and you know, we'll see. Uh, how about? Well, I don't know. Did you play Last of Us? I can't remember. I didn't, but I did play the, and I have played the, and I'm continuing to play the Walking Dead adventure game. Oh yeah, that's good. That is definitely mature and has mature content. And I oh, God. appreciate it when it happens. Like it, it happens. It's you know you see it and you go, oh my God. Now I realize it's animated, right? So it's oh my God, it happens and you just go, wow, what is that? You know right away when you've seen something that wouldn't make it in a regular video game. Yes, exactly. Um, so, so that's a good point. And actually, that well, that goes into a completely different topic about how a lot of older people. A lot of people our age, I should say, because we are getting older. Uh, yes. Like you and I really appreciate the Wii U because it's just got yeah. some good fun games on it. Uh, and exactly. And it's not like, oh man, we gotta play the, you know, the coolest Call of Duty because it got a sh- it's so much more realistic yep. with the shooting people in the face and stuff right. like that. Uh, not right. you know if you enjoy those games, whatever. But I, I get the feeling that's more the realm of like high schoolers and college kids who really get into that kind of stuff. So, uh, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, part of it's the backlash from the Nintendo phenomenon. When you really think about it, right? Like, I mean, because Nintendo got such a good handle on things, it, it, there was such a big backlash for that. Like, Sega was the anti-Nintendo. You know, PlayStation was for adult gamers. It's not for kids. Nintendo's for kids. We're not for kids. And what we're seeing to a certain extent is probably just the logical conclusion of that phenomenon, right? I would say so. I would say so. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, yeah. So that's that's just some stuff I wanted to to touch on there because I was kind of curious. Uh, there's some other games I do want to play. I hear Last of Us is amazing, so I finally have that ordered so uh, through eBay. So maybe I can play nice. that. Uh, oh, you know what was probably mature, which I really enjoyed, but never finished, was um, what was that game that was done by that one Australian studio that immediately closed its doors afterward? But it was a great game. And it was like a oh, L.A. Noir. Oh, L.A. Noir, yes, but for 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 Rockstar, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, it wasn't Rockstar didn't uh, they published it, 
Yes, um, they published it, and it was uh, Team Bondi. Gosh, I, this is where I usually have the Bondi. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, that, that was an excellent, excellent game. Uh, very cinematic. Uh, yes. I mean, yeah, the gameplay left a little bit to be desired, but it was it was pretty it was very immersive. So I, I appreciate games like yeah. that. So anyway, it's awesome. That's a good one. All right, so uh, I think we covered that pretty well, at least as, as well as we're going to tonight, considering our late start. Um, so we'll 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 leave it there. Um, I, I think you know we we talked about the ESRB at length in another show. Yeah, this isn't necessarily a bashing session of the ESRB. It's more of a conversation around how society and culture has changed mm-hmm. the definitions that are leveraged by something like the ESRB. Yeah, and how um, how the video game industry has matured to make the M rating more than TNA. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, you know. Uh, uh, clearly, the other thing we can say definitively is that the ESRB does it does the same thing the MPA does, which is they they change ratings for the sole purpose of making products commercially viable. Period. Um, I don't think there's any way that Grand Theft Auto Five could have been Grand Theft Auto Three. The franchise would have died. Oh no! It's and that that's actually also hilarious because in Grand Theft Auto Three, that's one thing I wanted to note because it's funny. <clears throat> they don't even say the names of real drugs. They're like, oh man, yeah, smack. go get some yeah. smack. Was it spank or smack? Spank. Spank. Yeah, spank. It's like, yeah. oh, get some get some spank. Yeah, you got to pick yeah. up the spank. And then now yeah. in Grand Theft Auto, more recent ones, they're like, yeah, get the coke and go take them down. Yeah. Get a few hits of the LSD. And it's like, yeah, wow, okay. That, yeah, all right. Well, we're that, not leaving anything to the imagination, are we? This this, this definitely escalated. But so. that's why I love Grand Theft Auto Three because it's it's like a it's like a funny commentary. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody says, "Oh, spank!" Like that's funny. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. I, I don't know. I I feel like the the humor aspect of those games is is the is is the is the element most lost in the newer games. Particularly Grand Theft Auto 4, but Grand Theft Auto 5 has more of it. They, they got back to their roots of, this should be hilarious. Like, people should look at this and go, you know. Like, they put brands inside the, the, the stores when you go buy something. And oh, they're yeah. hysterical, sat- satirical brands, right? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, but right. I, I think it's safe to say that, that, that you know, th- these things... You can't go back in time and make Grand Theft Auto Five. It just wouldn't work, and that is because things have changed inexorably from the past. So, all right, let's get on to the third portion of the program, which happens to be the question and answer portion of the program. Lots of questions have come in thus far. Sweet. Um, if you would like to ask a question, you've just joined us and don't know how to do. Is if you're following w- along with us in the chat, just click on my name, Commodore One Twenty Eight. Send me a private message. Otherwise, go to hell. Or you can just tweet at It's the Commodore oh, with your or, question there. Or do that. And, uh, or you can do that. And uh, I'll take the best questions and we will answer them on air in as much as we can possibly stay on the air considering that we went we started 30 minutes late. Okay. Let's rock and roll. A uh, good friend of the program, Psychopather, asks, what is your favorite United States National Park? Ooh. Good question. That's really good. Haven't answered that one live yet. Wow. What's yours? Um, I would have to say mine is probably 
There are a lot. There are. Ton, <laughs> there's a metric ton of them. You. I mean, we grew up. Gosh, what? <clears throat> a few miles from from several of them. That's um, true. And you know what? That is one thing the U.S. has is I, I think that almost unparalleled in the world is our national park system. Um, yes. Thank you, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Good job, T.R. Bully for yep. you. <clears throat> yeah. Bully for you, buddy. <laughs> Sucks to your asthma. Are. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. Yeah, asthma. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I would say Grand Canyon National Park. Have you been there? I have been there. Wow. And it is, uh, it's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that <clears throat> it's because of the hiking trails and all these great things to do. It's not like that. It's not, you know, if you're looking to go to a national park because you want to spend a week there, you know, in a, in a tent and, you know, find a million things to do. That's not really what it's all about. You can't do that. But um, it's just, it, to me, Grand Canyon National Park is the reason, the you know, that that and probably, you know, maybe Yellowstone or I don't know, <clears throat> some of those others like that are the reason the national parks exist. It's like we can't let people like just start throwing their garbage in this place, like even though it's a perfectly good hole for garbage. Like maybe we should like get people to appreciate the national beauty here and, and, and per in, you know, save this future generations to me that is the definition of the national park service in the united states okay well you didn't like answer i like it i like okay you went you went on quite a tirade about national parks that's good uh (laughs) yeah see so um i mean there's a lot of ones that i haven't seen that i would love to like yellowstone obviously uh i think any, any of the glacier national parks there's like a couple of those uh i mean pictures are some of the most breathtaking i, I well i love snow and mountains so yeah no oh yeah sure. uh and then of course things like um the great smoky mountains are, are kind of near and dear i think to both of us a little bit um yes. near an area where we grew up but um yep. I, i'm going to go a little bit off the off what maybe was was uh asked and i'm gonna say gettysburg uh. national military park Oh, that's a good one. Which is uh, one of the greatest battles fought on North American soil, and just so much history um, in that in that battlefield. Uh, really well well kept up. Uh, the town of Gettysburg is still uh, very very quaint. It's grown up a bit, but they still like to <clears throat> like, keep their small town ish you know atmosphere. So um, yeah, I like yeah, that a good, lot. Good stuff. I've been to Gettysburg too. It's fantastic. Yep. Um. Okay, Luscious T asks, because <laughs> I had to, were you ever stopped from buying a uh, rated M game once the rating system came out, or were you too old by then? We were definitely not too old by then. No, we were, um, I think we were too old. No. When the rating system came out? Okay, yeah. maybe not. We were like, no, what? we were, we were not. teenagers. We were, we were right there, but my point is, I know for a fact we could have gotten here's here's the real issue for me. I really never bought a lot of my own games, right? I'd get them yeah. for as presents and stuff like that. You know, I'd have somebody else go buy them for me. That's true. By the time uh, I was I was like, I have enough money, I have disposable income enough to like buy a game system and games for myself yeah. whenever I want them. Yeah. I was like in college by that point. So Yeah, I'm like yeah, and, and at that point you're like who, who gives a crap? So we probably were too old for it to affect our own personal <laughs> income, which maybe was the question. 
But, you know, I played a ton of rated M games because it was just, you know, oh, hey, I really wanted to get this for as a Christmas present. And, you know, my parents didn't know any better, so they got it for us. Um, good question, though. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good. I, I, um, I mean, okay. I already talked, told the story about how I never got stopped for getting, like, rated R movie tickets. So, Yeah. Chill Penguin asks... Is Nightmare Before Christmas strictly a Halloween movie, a Christmas movie, both, or neither? Ah. Those are the kind of questions I like. That is a good question. You know what? I've never seen the movie. You've never seen The Nightmare Before Christmas? I was just discussing I this have, the other day. So, I have Have I sat down before and watched The Nightmare Before Christmas top to bottom? No. But I've seen, like, all of it at different parts oh, and okay. times. One and I've those. seen most of it over and over again. Yeah. It's like one of those movies that's always on TV. That's so, like that like was like time. That was like me with Clue uh like 15 mm-hmm. years ago cuz it was always on Comedy Central. Yes, and it I, was I, all the time. It was years before I saw the beginning of Clue. I just caught yeah. caught it in bits and pieces and like this is a crazy right. movie, but it's hilarious. Okay. Yes, it was took me a long time to see the beginning of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um I would say that it is a Christmas movie. I don't think it's a Halloween movie. With my limited knowledge of the movie, I would say it's both. Yeah. I, I, I think it's the sure. only melding of the two holidays that exists in our culture. And, of course, Tim Burton would give us that. Tim Burton is was the perfect person for that. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Um, Broccolope, this is an awesome question stemming from the conversation from the topic du jour. Does the introduction of virtual reality bring with it a stronger need for a comprehensive rating system? Ooh. That's a great question, isn't it? I, I, we could do a whole other show on that. I would argue what constitutes a more comprehensive gaming or uh, rating system. Um, I, I, so more comprehensive, meaning that I think, and, and you know, he, he says stronger need. So that that would imply that that we already kind of need a comprehensive rating system that might be, you know, more than what we have. Um, you know, what I think is that the, the the experiences of virtual reality are going to be fundamentally different than the experience of sitting and staring at a screen. Okay, does that? by and large, mean that we need a, a, a different kind of rating system or something that is, you know, more comprehensive to me might mean more categories. Yes, I think that might be true. If anything that we've said here is true today, we've, we've kind of already seen that happen, right? If you look at graphic violence from Mortal Kombat and you look at graphic violence from Call of Duty, they're two very, very different phenomena, even though they are similar in concept. The reason is because today technology brings with it the capability to depict violence in a much more realistic and grotesque fashion. I mean, that's true. And you know what? In the time since the 16-bit era when the ERSOB really came about and today where we have like almost photorealistic graphics in games. Yes. There ha- the, I mean, the rating system has become more comprehensive. I think, we've, I think, the, I think the E10 rating was added uh, after the fact, but also you are getting explanations as to what, like like T for uh, uh, cartoonist violence, 
yeah, cartoonish right. violence or whatever. Uh, yeah. You know, flappy buttholes. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that you will, you might see um, a, an expansion of, of, of the ESR, of the rating system in that manner, if anything. It might be and like that's, like yeah. real like like three D boobs or or you know right. touching a girl's hand or whatever you know yeah like adults only this is totally porn you know like that's, <laughs> exactly those will be the new ratings yeah um uh, and a slightly unrelated question Brockalope asks on a completely separate note do you feel more like more of a man now that you're married <laughs> uh, Brockalope I can tell you right now. The opposite is, is is going to be more likely to be true. Uh, let's see. Han Life asks, my question, uh, Walt Disney World, great for any age? What's the best or worst parts? Well, it's funny you should ask. Just got back from Walt Disney World, which is where we honeymooned. Um, not, not the two I of us. I for 15 years. Yeah. What? Say it again? I, I said not the two of us. We didn't honeymoon Not there. the two of us. You no. and I did not honeymoon. I honeymooned with my now wife. Mm-hmm. No, no, uh, it, it, no longer living in sin. No longer, exactly. Uh, I made an honest woman out of her. Yep. And uh, Disney, I've been to Disney World in fifteen years. She hadn't been in probably like two or three. So she, she's, she goes. Uh, she's, she's been more frequently than me. So since she I, was in high school. My, yeah. So that, so it's it's part of my point. I'm going to make. All right. Um, for me, fifteen years was too long. It was too long. Like I, uh, things have changed so drastically. It's it's really quite amazing what they're doing there now. It's 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 unbelievable. But I'm more appreciative of the spectacle of it all and less appreciative of necessarily the attractions themselves now. Mm. The attractions themselves are kind of more experientially fun for children, and the ambiance of the place is more important to me as an adult. The magic, the electric light the parade. Magic. The magic, the, oh, okay, I had to have that. So we, we hung out just to be able to take in the, the wonder of the... In fact, I told her, I don't even need to see it. I just need to hear it. The, that is distilled the happiness. Music, yes, it is dist- distilled happiness is the electrical-like parade from Disney World. But anyway, so um, I appreciated that as an adult. However, I don't know that... I can definitively tell you right now that Disney World is for all ages. I, I'm not, I don't think it really is. I think there are parts of Disney World that, that you can make an argument. Like, for example, we were there during the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. Oh, yeah. Definitely not for kids. <laughs> right? We were having craft beers and wines and cheeses and foods. And, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. Not about, you know, that's not about, you know, that is a, an experience that is better for adults and not very good for kids. Right? Um, so I don't know, man. I think, um, I think from, from my standpoint, I don't think it's actually for all ages. Um, and to me as an adult, the best part is, is, is kind of seeing the incredible nature of what this place really represents. 27,000 acres in the middle of the Florida swamp. It's amazing. They, they changed the law in Florida just to be able to build that place. And at the very last second, Took because Walt Disney died right before the, the park opened, like five years before. They basically, as soon as he died, they like looked at each other and went, uh, "We're not actually going to do this, are we?" And they all went, "No, hell no!" They threw out everything he ever had created and basically just made a giant version of Disneyland, and that's been incredibly successful. But if they did what Walt actually wanted to do, it would have been a horrible disaster. 
Yeah, he's, he 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 likes to chew off a lot. He like he bit off way more than he could chew. But they changed the laws in Florida to make it happen. And and you just you just think about all these things that happened to make that place what it is. And as an adult, you just take that in and just like it's 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 really an amazing thing. Like you really it really is dream it, do it. And there's a lot more fun things to do as an adult. Like uh, for example, well, it's called Disney Springs now. But it's a place where you can basically go uh, have a really awesome dining experience. There's all kinds of cool things to do. But it's more adult-oriented, for example, than you know, going to the Magic Kingdom, where you can ride the <laughs> newest roller coaster, which I think is actually pretty good for kids, which is the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Or the Spinning Cup Teacups ride. Spinning Teacups is definitely but, does not cater for two adults. But sadly, no more Tomorrowland Transit Authority. The Tomorrowland Transit Authority uh, is still exactly the same as it was. Just not called that. Fifteen years ago, it's it's called the People Mover, which is what it was called originally. <sighs> you are you are Ceyloning uh, Disneyland, so um, and it does exactly the same thing that it did fifteen years ago. But now you realize, like the only reason. Hello. Oh, am I back? Yeah, you you were you I I'm going to turn off the Wi-Fi for future episodes because someone seems to be sucking up all of the bandwidth at my house. Don't That's know okay. who that could be, possibly be. Yeah, it, it told me the feed was interrupted and and my signal's pretty damn good. So, uh anyway, um the Tomorrowland Transit Authority is interesting because it's one of those things that's just kind of a clever diversion. Disney World's great for their clever diversions. Mhm. I enjoyed that. But I think something like, you know, some, some of the attractions they're building that, 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 that are, are new are a little bit disappointing because they're so geared toward children. And some of the stuff that's been there for forever, and I don't mean it's a small world, but like something that's been yeah. there for forever, like the grid. So Bill Nye, so a quick, quick diversion here. You ready for this? Bill Nye, the science guy. You know him. I've heard of him. probably friends with him. Anyway. Bill Nye the Science Guy has a new show on Nat Geo, and it is all about exposing the the evils of climate change and exploring the capabilities to change our behavior so that we can affect climate change, okay? If you go to the Epcot part of Disney World right now, you can sit on a theatrical ride with Bill Nye and Ellen DeGeneres from the early, from the mid-90s, which is sponsored by Exxon. Wait, wait. Where the, Bill Nye, no. the corporate shield for Exxon. I saw, wait, I saw, I, I did this 15 years ago. That's still there. Yes, it's still in its Holy exact crap. same form with the exact same ride, the exact <laughs> so, same stuff. So you can see 15-year-old, still there. You can see 15-year-old Bill Nye and Ellen DeGeneres if you go to Epcot. Yes. Do it. You're going to see Bill Nye and Ellen DeGeneres and and you're going to see Bill Nye, the corporate shill for Exxon. And now, 15 years later, he has his own show on on at, you know talking about how evil these people are. I just think that's really, really funny. By the way, you know, but to completely derail the conversation, I don't know if you've been looking at the chat like the past 10 minutes. Speaking of really, really funny, it's just like constant chat about Cooper Cat, like oh. the whole time. <laughs> Basically, like he's he's sucking up the bandwidth watching fishing shows in 1080p. <laughs> That's he, right. He That's ordained right. your wedding. Uh, <laughs> if, or if he didn't ordain your wedding, it's not legal in 39 states. Uh, 
and also um wait what was the best one cooper i hardly even know her anyway there you go that's good I okay like that one. before we start boy whoever asked that disney question set off a a, a fireworks display in your brain but i need to go ahead and 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 bring up the yeah. this is this is distilled happiness everyone i'm gonna give it to you just for just a few seconds oh yeah but this is the oh, yeah. main street electric light parade music from disney world in advance that's all i can tell you whoever whoever came up with that is uh, brilliant brilliant I, I should find out that's one that's one uh, i i tried to find as much minute detail as i possibly could while i was there because i was so entertained by the history of the place but that is one detail i did not find i need to go figure that out who, who did that or who wrote that song because i want to decorate him <laughs> <laughs> like an admiral yeah okay exactly anyway okay new question <laughs> We went All way right. too long. Uh, yeah. Anton asks, why does the internet, especially the gaming community, seem to be so hinged on hyperbole? <laughs> and he says, i.e. top tens, although I don't think that's necessarily the, the greatest example of hyperbole, but it's certainly a good one. Um, you know, top tens. You and I have done some top tens. Top let's, ten. Let's get that out of, oh. get that out of the way. Oh, God. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Where was I? Was this in Portland? I, I think it was Norm and I in Portland basically the whole weekend just going like making fun like <laughs> top 10 top 10 pixels in video games number <laughs> yeah. 10 red red <laughs> blue never died blue magenta <laughs> and then like number uh, two is something ridiculous number two clear you know just to throw people off anyway yeah exactly uh i would say that that's not a gamer thing that it's not a game. I, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even say it's an internet thing. It's just that the it's internet. The internet, the internet brings the out the natural tendency of humans to to be argumentative and hyperbolic. And oh my god, this is this person is the enemy of hu- the human race and should be destroyed. And 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 my guy is is you know the archangel Michael incarnate. I don't know why I came up with that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just that the internet gives that 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 soapbox to anybody, and 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 makes it worse. That's all. Yeah, I mean, so I not to make your point here, but I'm going to disagree. I think that top ten lists. Well, you're a winner. Sure, are, yeah, are a pure function of the internet because it's it's all about clickbait. That's all it is. Click. If you put a snazzy title with a top ten list that people actually care about. People will click on it, and if they click on it, you can get advertising revenue, or you might even be able to get some new subscriptions and you know get your own show and all these other kinds of things. That's what people do that for. Go to, you know, it, really any site now. If you go to any site, you're going to see you know links, and then you're going to see the mindless click stuff underneath it. All the mindless click stuff is top ten lists that have nothing to do with video games in most cases, right? It's exactly the same. It's it's a it, to me it's a function of the internet and it is total clickbait. I, I do want to see top ten Commodore misquotes. Yeah, so somebody's got to make that video. Uh, I'd watch that. <laughs> you won't believe what Mario does at the next castle. 
<laughs> number 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 eighteen is is unbelievable. Turtles hate him. Yeah. Hey. Yes, that's right. Yeah, turtles. <laughs> turtles hate him. Um. Okay. A new Vong, good friend of the program. A new Vong. Even if the gameplay, controls, and graphics are amazing, can a horrible soundtrack alone make a game as a whole bad? A horrible. Oh wow. Okay. Now, I can't think of an example of this. I mean, I've been thinking about it right now. I can't think of an example of it. But I would say, in theory, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you, John. Okay. Or Mike, or whoever you should be. Whatever. Right whatever your name is. <laughs> whatever. I'm going to disagree with you, Greeny. Um, this, this is the 69th episode. Yes. How are you again? <laughs> uh, because you know what you can always do to a video game if you don't like the music? You can mute it. That's true. Now, do, would, do people actually do that? I've done that. You've done that because something was annoying? Yeah. Playing Back to the yeah. Future on the NES. <laughs> but would you call that a bad soundtrack? Or would you yes. call that annoying? Okay. No, right. that's, that's, a, that's both. That's a terribly annoying soundtrack. Okay. Um, All right. So that's, that's fair enough then. Actually, you know, right, what? I'll, you know I'll, what? I'll, I was I'll, doing that the other day uh, playing Madden on my new PS3 oh. because the music is totally generic and, and worth good for nothing. Um, so I muted it. That's a, don't they just license? No, not even. Top 40. No, no. Uh, it, this was like Madden 25, so they were all like epic music. Blah 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 blah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't checked the sound settings. Maybe there's actual songs in there or something like that. But whatever. I see. Okay. Right. And, and so, Chrono Cross is amazing. Has an amazing soundtrack and is a mediocre game. So that's what I was thinking of at first. Was the reverse. Um, right. Ugh, Which is why soundtrack. I like that question. Anyway. Um. Hot apple pie, mm. as in like the number. Um, asks best upbeat video game music. But I think coming off of our conversation around the electrical light parade. Oh my god! What's a what's a universal distilled happiness video game song? Oh goodness, that's a good one. Like top to bottom, that's tough. I don't know. Upbeat. Ooh. Upbeat. How, how about how about Mega Man Two? There's a ton of Mega Man 2 music that's... Upbeat. Um, it's all upbeat. It's like all techno. Like 8-bit techno. I think by upbeat, they don't mean fast tempo. I think they mean uplifting. Like, it is something that makes you feel good. Uh, DuckTales? The moon from Ducktales was what I was gonna say. Or, or um, I mean, there's a lot of good tracks in Ducktales that are upbeat. Um, hey, by the way, I got the uh, updated version of that on Android. Very good. Oh, Very uh, good. Uh, remastered. Yes. Yeah, it's good. Very good. Game. Enjoyable. Very, I, I like the quite uh, a bit. Very, very loyal uh, to the, to the original. I would say. Yes. Yes. Exactly. But, but um, that added a few things, which was good. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Um, there's probably something from Final Fantasy I'm forgetting. Anyway, all right, let's see. How about let's do a couple more of these things? Why not? Right. All right. Uh, here we go. Uh, Bob Icon. Bob Bob Black Sheep. Bob Bob Icon. Favorite cold weather meal? Question mark. Meatballs and gravy or beef stew? Well, do beef, I have to choose those two? Beef stew. Beef stew. Meatballs it and gravy is a cold weather meal. It's an every weather no, it's meal. Not. It's an every weather meal. I had meatballs and gravy tonight. Oh, I went to um, I went to the cafeteria today at the at the old 
workplace, Watering hole. working for the man. And I was like, yep. man, I never Jeez. get soup for lunch, but soup sounds good because it was cold and rainy and yeah. crappy. Or no, By cold, you mean 72 degrees? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yesterday it was cold. Yesterday it was like 50 oh, okay. degrees. Today it was like 70. It was hot and rainy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was hot and moist. Okay. So stew. That's what I was going with stew. Yeah. Yeah. Stew, hot and moist. Yep. Uh, I'm stew. <laughs> I'm hot and moist. Nice. Yep. Um, ba, 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 ba. Morgan asks Nintendo's first mobile game is getting announced tomorrow. We forgot to talk about that during uh, news and notes. Oh, by but the way, franchise. News and notes. Nintendo's first mobile, mobile yeah. game is being announced tomorrow. What yeah. franchise do you think it will be based on? Pokemon. No way. You think it'll be Pokemon? Probably. Or Mario. That, that probably is the easiest game. You're probably right. That's the easiest game to... Could be Mario. It could be Mario. That seems too easy. The thing is, there are already Pokemon mobile games. So it's like... My money's on Pokemon. You think about what, what kind of mobile games... <clears throat> you know, lend themselves well to Nintendo franchises. Pokemon is a great example. It's a perfect example, actually. Wait, was it already announced? Someone said it was already announced. No, no, no. no. Oh, it's already been announced? Then I missed it. Maybe? Anyway, I'm going to pretend like it hasn't been, and I'm just going to talk about my opinion. Um, I don't... What, um, oh, You know what would be a good oh. mobile game? It would be Star Fox based. It, that would be cool. it was announced 39 minutes ago, so we were busy jibber-jabbering about garbage. Ah! Wow, we're both wrong. Nintendo's and DNA's first mobile game is Mitomo. Oh, yeah. No, I totally would have guessed So that. it's about Mies. Should have guessed that. All right. Well, I'm already disinterested. <laughs> uh, players will design their own avatars or me's to communicate with other users. Um, Nintendo will find ways to encourage people who are hesitant to talk to share things about themselves. This seems so. This Japanese. is going great for them. This is really going great. Okay, for I'm them. more excited for Pokemon Go, but. Um, there was actually a pretty good um, – I love the top comment here on IGN. Jesus, I set the bar way too high. This disappointment will kill me, literally. <laughs> oh, God, that is awesome. <laughs> me already lost interest. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's good stuff. Anyway, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, there was a good article on Forbes. Well, good. Uh, it, there was an interesting article on Forbes the other day by I can't remember who. Basically saying, all right, Nintendo's going to announce that they're like new, like in some new mobile Pokemon game coming up soon when there's dancing completely around the Pokemon game we actually want, which is an MMORPG. And they'll <laughs> oh, never God. make it, even though everyone, that's the one everyone wants. Anyway, like, oh, like for a decade now, I remember thinking about that. Like, oh yeah. man, like for the GameCube. How awesome would it be if Nintendo made an MMORPG for the GameCube? Oh my god. For the, the GameCube. Oh my god. <laughs> never, top 10 MMORPGs for the GameCube. <laughs> number one. Number No, number two. You have to start with number two. <laughs> number two. Wait, number there were two? two? They never made one. <laughs> oh, man. The, game, the good, old, good old MMORPGs. For the, you should just write. You should just make a video. About something completely different, and put put the video on YouTube and call it "Top Two 
MMORPGs for the GameCube, <laughs> and I bet you will clean up in terms of clicks. You oh yeah, have so many views it will be un. People will even watch the whole video just to see if you. You shouldn't even mention the GameCube or MMORPGs in the entire video. <laughs> it starts up. Hey guys, today I want to talk to you about. <laughs> oh wait, no, no stop right there. You you just you just you just came up with the first ten seconds of every single video that was released in the last twenty minutes about video games. <laughs> um. Anyways, anyways. Uh, talk about the, the like at least try to be entertaining, man. Come on. I'm sorry. Um. By the way, PewDiePie uh, made like fifty million dollars last year. So, oh, well, um, well, did you see that his like mobile game is like top in the Android store? It's got like four point nine stars and blah blah blah. So blah. There, there, there are parts of reality that I try to ignore. Basically, yeah, there, there are some parts of reality that I try to just kind of marginalize. Uh, then there are parts of reality that I just completely ignore and pretend that it doesn't exist. That's one of those things I'm going to pretend doesn't exist. I did the same thing when, when Kim Kardashian released a game and it was a top 10. That's the right? thing now, I guess, for popular people on the Internet is they make a mobile game or, yeah. or some sort of video game anyway. Is it, is it a game where you can like kick him in the head? I might buy. I might buy that. Yeah, that's it. That's all it is. You you kick him in the head and make twelve year old hey twelve year old cry. I've had it enough with your microaggressions. <laughs> microaggressions. Uh, play play some more of that Disney parade. That'll Ooh, get us. Maybe that'll I get us back in the right then. All right, let's let's uh, let's finish this thing up. Um, last question. Percival, which is getting me interested in playing uh, Knights of the Round again. Oh, God. I can't remember if you touched on this topic or not, but how has your experience with Super Mario Maker been now that it's been, now that it's a couple months old? Now, I haven't played Super Mario Maker. I've only either. seen it in action. But, okay, so so both of us at this point have seen it in action enough on, I mean, have you watched any videos of it? And seen oh, like yeah. People? <clears throat> so they have, I, they have an interesting of- software update coming out in a couple, or a few days, too, actually. Yes. That adds some a very cool- good stuff. There's a really cool video that I saw also uh, down this down this path. Talk about internet videos that don't suck. Now that we're off the PewDiePie conversation, um, there's a video of the the gentleman that created "I Want to Be the Guy," which is oh, probably yeah. the hardest game I've ever played in my entire life. So much so that I just wanted to throw my keyboard out the window. Yeah, it's not so much fun for me. It's not fun. It's just hard and ridiculous. Um, but it's a video of him creating a level in Super Mario Maker that is <laughs> ridiculously hard. You should totally watch that. It's fantastic. But then he has to beat it to upload yeah. it, which is smart. But yeah, uh, I, I so I totally want Mario Maker. I hear only good things. So I'm asking for it for Christmas. So there. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. It, it, it sounds like, you know, oh, that's the other thing we should have mentioned. In terms of the, uh, the month over month numbers for, uh, in terms of, I'm sorry. The year over year for the month of September, uh, Wii U sales were up 110%. Now, that's, I think, partly due because you know, everyone out there that, that didn't buy a Wii U is going, yes, thank you. That's because of the software. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you just release some game, games for it, we would totally buy it. Um, on the other hand, you, know, you could also say, well, you know, 100% of three is, is not very many. And you're <laughs> probably right. But the point is, they they are they're totally selling a lot more right now. I think the, the Wii U is making a little bit of a comeback with with the software that's being released. But we always we already know that they're not developing any new software for the Wii U. So it's pretty much what you got is what you're going to get at this point. Uh, maybe yep. Star Fox and 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 Legend of Zelda, and and that's about it. 
that's pretty much it. So then they're they're moving on. Oh, the other thing that we also didn't talk about since we haven't talked in so long is is some of the commentary around the NX, which has been by and large very favorable from developers. Yeah, so, which is good. We'll see what happens. Yeah, a, a great thing, not only in terms of its looks like we'll know more uh, next year. Ease, um, uh, for for programmability and everything else, which which is the most important part, but also in terms of its capabilities, which is really cool because Nintendo doesn't usually go for capabilities. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, Hmm. It'd be neat to, to see a, uh, some some Nintendo console, hopefully not a Wii, that is based on because the Wii concept <laughs> is a little too Disney for me now. Hmm. But uh, you know, based on something that is you know not just a gimmick, but some of the best technology out there. I enjoy All right, the Wii folks, U, but it's about that's about it. Oh, I, I like the Wii U too. I, I we talked about it. You know, when when you were up here, you know, it's like, hey, look, I totally understand. The value proposition behind the Wii. As soon as you play it, you just you start playing it. You're like, man, I get it. This makes a lot of sense. Then you play it for like three hours, and you realize, as I did, that I'm like staring at this tablet on my couch while my TV basically plays for no one. Um, and you kind of go, what is this experience again? Um, hopefully, that's not the same experience with the NX, although it absolutely could be. So, with something like Mario Maker. You get something that can exploit the capabilities of that second screen really, really well. Oh, and yeah. You see what vision was, and you see how it could have been executed. That is basically the game that that sells the concept of of the Wii U. There's, and real, it only came out five like, years too late. Yeah, I know. Not only three years too late, uh, but there's yeah. like literally no better way. There's like no other way that game would work better than with the interface that exists for it. It's, yeah. it's awesome. I, I mean, I don't have it. I'm just super impressed by it. And I can't wait to try it out. So anyway, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, maybe the Wii U will see a little bounce here and boing, boing. And now that I have one, I like it. It's now good. that you got a boing, now they got a boing. <laughs> we'll see if the, well, the Nintendo NX is backwards compatible. That you should are, be interesting. You are married now. Yeah, I know. You got a boing. So, that's right. You got a boing. <laughs> I don't, um, I don't know what that means. It could be a number of different things. I'm just going along for the ride. <laughs> that's what she said. That's what she said. Um, oh. All right, folks. So <laughs> uh, I think we're done. I, yeah. We, we, we heartily apologize for the fact that we were uh, 30 minutes late. Thank you all for sticking with us over the the kind of longer hiatus than any of us would have anticipated. So, uh, you know, episode 70 will not be nearly as far away as episode 69. Hmm. This might be a good time to talk to the peoples about when they can expect to see us next. What do you think about that? You can expect us on Armistice Day, uh, Wednesday, November 11th, 2015, where we will be talking about something else inane, most likely. Most likely. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I was going to talk about that, that's interesting from, from a new standpoint is that Google Play now has the podcasting. Option. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, so maybe we could you know, develop a little little Clan of the Grey Wolf love on Google Play now. Maybe some people can like click on us. and Actually, I wonder, is that automatic? I wonder off the RSC, RSS feeds, guess. maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Let's check. Yes. While I'm checking, while I'm checking, you can Let's find us on other forms of podcasts, such as the iTunes, the Stitcher, and, and the, the Android podcasting app of your choice, podcatching app. Just search for Echo Screen Live and you will find us and we'll love you. Nice. Yes. Unless you rate us one star, in which case 
we will only kind of love you. We'll be sad then. We'll be sad, but at least you would have listened to us at least once. And then we'll Uh, be in your ear. Yeah. Hmm. And we'll be a forgotten part of your memory. I listened to these two jerks one time. (laughs) Is is this too Eeyore at this point? A little bit. You're kind of bugging me out. I need to listen to some uh, Electric Light Parade. Exactly. Fire up that music. All right. Oh, you're frozen and dead. Day, folks. Don't. Um, there you go. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. <laughs> be, yeah, be careful out there. Halloween's coming up. Protect your black cats. <laughs> black cats matter. <laughs> black cats matter. Uh, make sure you have all of your candy run under an X-ray machine so that yes. it can be radiated. Or better yet, just send it uh, into us. <laughs> exactly. We'll send all it. your Halloween candy to us. We'll test it for you. We'll test it for you, and we will probably not send it back. Nope. Uh, and if we do send it back, it will probably not have be in the as much candy as what you sent. Nope. There's a candy tax, as you know. <laughs> ah, you can uh, do that now. Yes, we can do the candy tax. Right? Sweet. Father um, and the I dad jokes. I will the candy tax because, yeah, because candy isn't even a part of the diet yet. But someday it will be, and I will have a candy tax. Yes. Anyway... <laughs> yeah, so uh, join us back on, on Armistice Day when we're talking about something else inane. Until then, uh, for Rue, I am the Commodore from the Clan of the Grey Wolf. And this has been the Echo Screen Live, and there is no reset button. Be happy, everybody.
Hey, Commodore. Hey, Rube. <laughs> Would you like some hot coffee? Uh, I, I wasn't, I guess, I, maybe, sure, okay, yeah, coffee sounds good, yeah, I just finished a beer, whatever. Mm, yeah, you want that, you want that hot coffee, don't you? Mm. Oh, I, I, yeah, I do, I, I, I enjoy, I like hot coffee. Warm and creamy. Yeah. Down your throat? I, yeah. Well, actually, I, I prefer hot coffee black, I don't know if you can do that. Oh, that's okay, I got that for you, too. Oh, good, excellent, yep. good, yeah. <clears throat> I got nowhere else I, to go I definitely with this. prefer hot coffee black. I, I apologize. I have to abort at this moment.